1: welcome welcome back to the podcast i'm so glad you're here um i don't know what episode we're on i think it's like 118 or 119 119 woo 119 we're getting there (laughs) Um, so today we're going to talk about something a little different um because i don't know i feel uh because spring is coming and i am so right on with the following the um I guess it's pagan, which is tradition of new year not being until Austria in in March um the March uh is that the equinox? no that's not the equinox it's the what is March that's
0: the like, spring equinox right is it this okay yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah i I always forget forgive me all my witchy friends um i i always for, like forget what those solstice and equinoxes and whatever anyways, I digress. So I, I almost feel like now that January is over, we're starting to begin to awaken into the pos- the coming of the new year. I think we're talking a lot about energetically, we're shifting to how we feel in our bodies. Um, and so Vanessa, what, what, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that,
0: like about shifting in our bodies and like, a connection with our health and connection with our body and connection with our like mentals when it comes to all those kind of things. Um, you know, we, we have, for those of you who don't know, we have some episodes of a body series that will give you some real good, like down and dirty, <laughs> like honest. kind of conceptual, honest, like parts of it um that grace went went on and is on and we'll pick that up when it's time to pick that up but it felt like um you know it was almost like a surprise that i ended up on this journey (laughs) that um so it's like okay i'll just pop in and and share a little something something um because it's you know it's it's important i think when when we've whenever we've talked about this we've I really think try to stress how it is different for everybody, that everybody needs to know that your, that your journey is individual, that we give information for you to take and go within with not to follow, but to go within and really conceptualize it for yourself. And so this feels like a good time to bring a different, you know, I guess, not really option, but just like a different person's point of view of, of what's going on. And that would, that person would be me,
1: (laughs) which I am so excited for. Um, I've always wanted to hear about Vanessa's journey because I, you know, I've seen parts of it and I'm, you know, but I feel that I can give, and this is, I'm not trying to be divisive, but I can give you from the perspective of a person who is considered overweight, Mm-hmm. and large and that perspective of life is going to be far different than mm-hmm. someone who maybe has not so much struggled with largeness but Absolutely. maybe struggled with food and, and how it fits in the body their journey with that as well as you know just their own uh, doesn't matter what size you are that's mm-hmm. the thing is that we think that the people of size are the only ones with issues and it's not true mm mm-hmm. There are so many people of all sizes. I mean, you have eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. You have all of those things that contribute to having body dysmorphia or issues within their own body. So, like, let's not be divisive in thinking that only fat people have issues. Everybody's got an issue in some way, shape, or form. And let's talk about it together collectively because... What Vanessa shares is going to help me because she has a different perspective and she has a different understanding that's going to highlight something that I may not know that I need to know to further my own journey. So, yeah, well, because we always talk, whenever we
0: talk about health, we always talk about size. I mean, always, we yep. don't think about health <laughs> the way that is actually healthy, yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, like, because what 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 you just kind of described of being like the size not really mattering that's just the outward part of it that like kind of shows right like it just shows it's kind of like crying being and I'm showing that I'm sad versus if I'm not crying you may not know that I'm sad you know like if I'm not sad you may not know that I have problems with my health right like or, or problems with food or problems with how I feel about my body where that came from doesn't make any sense to me but
1: we live it (laughs) and the and it and and it's very apparent when you get care yeah because Mm -hmm. if you were to walk into a doctor's office you Mm -hmm. probably get the thought oh she's fine there's nothing wrong with her and you Mm -hmm. probably have to really kind of to get any type of but yet on Mm -hmm. the same on the other hand of that we do too because our magic thing that they tell all of us outside if you lose weight you'd feel better yeah I, before I had RA, I had the body chemistry of a fit human being. Yeah. And I was not skinny, nor nor was I as heavy as I am now. But I was of a larger size. I always have been. It's just my makeup. But, like, they're mad, like I, there was nothing they could say to me. My cholesterol was great. My heart was great. Everything was great. Mm-hmm but I was of a larger size. So they don't want to ever find the issue. They just think the weight is the issue when it's not. And the same thing I think happens on the other side of that mm-hmm. is that if you look healthy, they're not going to really dig to find something wrong if they're, if you're giving them symptoms. They're going to yeah. give you antibiotic and say, you're okay, take the antibiotic and go away. Like, I, I think that that happens on both sides of the, that scale because I hear like, as you were talking, I hear the, the my heavier folk go, "Yeah, but walk into and and feel gaslighted by a doctor." Vanessa has been gaslit by doctors and Forever. has experienced like, yeah. that <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. But, anyways, I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself. But I just, I really want you guys to to open your ears and open your hearts and to understanding is that it we struggle with getting care as big people, but so don't people that look healthy. Yeah
0: absolutely like one of my one of my favorite i mean we we know i love the golden girls but i remember the episode of the golden girls and this is the 80s y'all and dorothy has fatigue and she goes to doctors and she goes to new york and the doctors are invalidating her like there's nothing wrong with you you must be lazy like just so like this is going on in the 80s (laughs) and it's still going on in 2023 like our medical model is not quite (laughs) Okay. Like, not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite seeing the individual as who they are. And yeah, like, it's, it is funny that you say the gaslit thing, because it's almost like you don't realize you're being gaslit, because you believe, like, I believe for the longest time that it was like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess because I'm not carrying extra heavy weight, or because I don't have like a lot of problems, I must be fine. You know, like, there's something that you know, that this is just the way that life is right for some people and it's like you know now i'm pissed you know that i've i've had such trouble over the years that nobody gave a shit about but yeah i mean going all the way back to 2000 i think 2003 ish yeah i think i don't even know i to be honest i don't know but like having stomach problems right? Like, and then just getting diagnosed with IBS because they didn't know what else to tell you basically. So then you were just like, Oh, okay. And they want to give you medicine and they want to do all this kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, it's not like, I don't feel good. You know, for the longest time, I didn't feel good. And I tried, you know, um, I had no idea about food. I had no idea about, um, you know, good movement for me. Um, it was just kind of floating through life having doctors say you're fine well your weight's fine you know like your your vitals are fine you're you're you got nothing to complain about and it was like okay i don't feel fine but i guess if you're the doctor and you're telling me this must be again what people feel like, you know, you kind of get gaslit into believing, well, this must be what everybody feels like. This must be the human experience. <laughs> yeah. And Whoa. it's like, this kind of sucks. Like, oh God, I'm kind of like really not happy about this, but you know, like the, you know, to kind of discuss what it, my life is like today, you know, and then, well, I guess we'll Tarantino it and go backwards. I mean, I had put a post up the other day. Um, I just felt so good. I was at the gym And I had just worked out and I just felt really great, you know, and we, we joke about the endorphins of the like runners and stuff like that. Like I, I don't, I think running is incredibly boring, so I don't actually get that feeling very often, but I do get feelings from like working out, like from doing like different things during a workout. And I just felt great. And I, I, I I sat with myself for a minute and I was like, when's the last time you felt like this? Like really good felt like you could do anything, felt like you could go play a couple hockey games back to back, you know, like, which I used to do quite often. And I was like, yikes, it was like, right before I got pregnant with my daughter, like 2014. And you know, it was like, Oh, what, what, what was I doing then? Like, what was what even motivated me? And I went on this whole journey of like, how did I, how have I ever been healthy? <laughs> like,
1: when, And when and
0: why did these things ever happen? And it always came down to not feeling good and being frustrated and saying, well, then I'm gonna have to take it in my own hands because doctors don't care. You know, at the time when I was in New Jersey, I had high blood pressure and I was like ready to pass out when I would be going up the stairs of the subway which like the place you do not want to pass out is in the middle of freaking New York City <laughs> during rush hour in the morning. Like, you don't want to do that. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna you. like die. You know, <laughs> like, this is so bad. And um, I was playing hockey like three to four times a week and running almost every day after work and eating salads and everything. And it was totally like, what the like, You've got to be kidding me. How can I not be healthy? And that's what would, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with you. They'd have me on heart monitors and all these kinds. I don't know what's going on with you. Your weight's fine. You're active, you know, like just kind of the gaslighting. So right now, there's so much mental to it that I didn't have before. It was like, I had a little grasp on it before. But today I have like a bigger grasp on how I got here and why I feel so good. And it's because I'm positively connected to my body. And when I say positively, I don't mean that I praise it. I mean that I listen to it and that I care for it. And I think about it in terms of wanting to take care of it. Like I want to take care of my child. And it's something that we're not really taught how to do. Um, and that's why I'm 44 and learning how to do it. Um, But I don't know. I'm trying to, I know I'm like all over the place trying to think of like how to describe this journey and like how I got here, you know, because it feels like a long drawn out story that has really important parts of it. But I know that most people are like, just tell me how you did it. Yeah. <laughs> what Give are the steps? The... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Give me the steps.
0: <laughs> I mean, I had to care though in a different way. Like I don't have a scale. I have no idea what I weigh because it doesn't matter to me. I care what I feel like. I care. <laughs> right. Right. Like I've yes. noticed that my clothes fit differently, but.
1: It's your relationship to gravity is just, that's a number. That's it. Yeah. 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 How much gravity it takes to hold you on earth? Right. Um so can we start now? I feel that I began to know more about your journey when it came when you had your baby. Yes. Yes. Because of her having issues and um what was that trial and like what did you go to the doctors and have tests? um what how did that work when you found out that there was an allergy or that there was issues with stuff like what was your yeah. process with that
0: yeah so it was like i mean she was i think 3 weeks old before i realized this and man did i feel really bad after that but i breastfed and um she would get rashes and we lived in florida and it, it was november that she was born so but people would go oh it's heat rash because we lived in florida right like it's still hot in november and i was like I don't think like this baby doesn't have clothes on like how is that she's having heat rash and um just one day and I remember this in particular um actually there's two days there was one day that I (laughs) and y'all like moms who breastfed you absolutely understand that this happens she was hungry I was in a Walmart parking lot (laughs) so she got breastfed in the Walmart parking lot and I noticed that her face started to get puffy and it started to break out a little bit and I was like something is like not right um but she was she seemed to be okay and then I got home later that day and I had a bowl of cereal and and then I fed her not a long time after that and I mean it was concerning how like how bloated she got and how, how red and blotchy. And just, I mean, she looked like a completely different baby. And I was like, something's wrong. It's that maternal instinct, you know, that kicks in, that goes, this isn't, I don't, I don't have any experience with this. My first baby but something is wrong. And I just called the pediatrician is all I did. I had this awesome Spanish lady. I mean, she was, she was straightforward about everything. And she said, listen, she's having a reaction to something that you're eating. And the best way to do it is just eliminate the the common things, gluten, dairy, and eggs. And I was like, okay, that's I all I that? eat. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like, and when you're breastfeeding, guys, you just eat nonstop because you're like feeding another being, another human. So you just you have to keep eating, or else you get all messed up yourself. And I was like oh my God, like, how am I going to survive without that stuff? But I look, you know, you look at your baby and you're like, I'm going to do whatever I can do. So I cut out dairy first and, um, and she was fine. So, I mean, I was very excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to give up everything else. Um, but yeah, that was, it was basically just cold turkeying it and then watching her, how it was. And then I had to reintroduce it after two weeks, I had a yogurt And after a little while, I noticed that she started to break out again. And I was like, all right, so it's dairy. Like she, she can't have dairy. And then I I breastfed her for two years. And after that two year mark, when we decided that we were done, I remember going back and being like, oh my God, I can't tolerate dairy. (laughs) Like I now can't tolerate it. And so I had to start my dairy free life then. Um, and then I found out that I had some pretty, like, again, like my body, I just didn't feel right. And I knew I was tired. Like I was parenting a difficult child. I also had a newborn. I was like running the entire household. I knew that I was tired because of that, but I didn't feel right, you know? And so I went to my doctor and I was like, something's wrong, you know? And, you know, to give credit to their, like how, (laughs) Like when you come in and say something's wrong, they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like So I, you know, I understood that this was going to be a process. And when I went to go, he sent me for allergy testing. Um, and then I also was having trouble be- with, because the IBS thing, I, I mentioned that. I said, listen, I sometimes have difficulty, you know, like on one, one end or the other, you know, sometimes it's coming out and sometimes it's not coming out. And so I got sent to a gastroenterologist. I got sent to, um, you know, an allergist. And both of them were terrible fucking experiences because the gastroenterologist said, oh, just take this medicine. It'll help you go all the time. I was like, um, are we going to try to figure out what happened? And he was like, well, no, that's not as important. If if this, this will fix the problem. And I was like, I mean, I just remember standing there staring at the pills that he put in my hand and being like, I can't believe this happening. (laughs) Like, I can't believe my insurance just paid for this bullshit right now, because this is not medical care by any means dude so the same kind of thing at the allergist they give me the pricks and whatever and and they tell me the the two things that reacted and i'm like okay and they were environmental so i was like all right cool i go home i clean the shit out of my house i'm like whatever i go back in two weeks i don't react and so that that experience to me told me something about body chemistry that i was like this this They don't know. They don't have all the answers. They couldn't possibly have all the answers. You're going to have to do this like for yourself. You're going to to have to figure out yourself.
1: And to be honest, healthcare has got into that in, out, sheep kind of like processing, like, you know, Oh, throw the prescription at this one. This one needs this. This one needs that. It's it's why I never went back to my internal med doctor because I was like, I am not taking your medicine. I am not having you cut me open and do a biopsy on something. I already know why it's there. Why don't we fix the issue? What can we do?
0: Right. Like, how do I stop this from happening? Not soothe the symptoms. I just didn't want to be on a medication forever. It didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. To me, I conceptualized it as like, instead of starting a war, how do I stop the war from starting? Right. Right. Like, because the battle is where all of the damage is done. I don't want my body to go into a reaction and then fight the reaction that feels worse than figuring out how not to have a reaction that feels healthier for my body to have less reactions. (laughs) You know, like to me, it was like logic, (laughs) but I was like, but these are the people who studied it. So, you know, like they know, right? Like, you know, it's kind of like you can't just say you know better than a doctor, Vanessa. But it was like, you know, for a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I, at some point, I had to accept, well, for your body, apparently that's it. Like, because when you make your changes and when you're paying attention, you feel different. So, I mean, that was, that was a long time ago when that started. And I think that I didn't quite get a grasp on the, I wasn't doing it to be healthy I was doing it to not to stop feeling bad right right which is like different yes you know yes. It's, it's it's very different it's like panic or desperation or you know something like that 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 like it was a motive motivating factor to be able to make it through my very long very stressful days <laughs> like how can I survive right survival mode techniques at that point Um well-
1: I think we're all there at some point when we're having any type of medical condition. And I also want to connect and bridge that gap to people who may not have medical symptoms, but maybe they're just not feeling well. You know, you have fatigue, you have, you're not sleeping well, there's something happening. Maybe you don't have digestive problems, but maybe there are other problems in your body that you're just like, I'm so tired of handling this. There, I think everybody starts there in a sense of desperation of not wanting to feel the way they're feeling. They want to feel different. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is, is that that's what pushes you to, to search for the answer or the reason. And then I think, I think like the, like, that's the bridge of you, you feel shitty. You want to feel better there is a rejection energy of wanting to reject that part of your body. That's not feeling well that you Mm -hmm. want somebody to just fucking tell you what to do to stop not feeling well and not just by handing you a pill and that really doesn't handle the situation, but it's more or less, uh, you know, it's like, I don't like this part of my body. I I need to get rid of it. And then there's that point, their gap getting from there, like you said to that space of like, I want my body to feel better. Like I mm-hmm. want I want health. I yeah. want wellness for my body. And I mm-hmm. and I think that comes with having an understanding of what's happening yeah. and what how your body's reacting. Because you shared with me eons ago, and forgive me if I'm misspeaking this, and please correct me if I am. Um where you said once you learned that the the inflammation in the body. was created by your body's histamine response to Mm -hmm. certain foods and certain things that once, you know, it's, it's that once you learn those things, you have a better idea of my body doesn't like that. And I don't want to feed that to my body because I know I'm going to get that response because there's a sense of you have knowledge now, it's not so much desperate desperation, but now there's an active choice of taking care of your body and wanting your body to feel good and to work you know to feel better. Mm-hmm. there's that that's I think that's the bridge going mm-hmm. from like, I want it to stop, rejection, cut it off, I don't care, just I, I need it over to what choices am I making today to make my body feel better and to work better and to feel like it's it's at its peak wellness yeah information
0: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and like I I, you know that that being what I had to I had to go through from the desperation um you know it was like I kind of coasted for a little while on that you know and and just kind of let it be because life got a little crazy and (laughs) not really my focus but you know, kind of going backwards to being like that, that time period before I got pregnant, what was I doing and where was I going? And I remember it was, it was that high blood pressure, right? Like I was also, you know, being like, Oh my God. And I really had to look at my own lifestyle. You know, like at that point I was like, you know, going out all the time, drinking, eating really terrible things for me because I was in New Jersey where all the delicious food is and (laughs) it's always open because there's always a diner open and you know just like what I was feeding my body because it tasted good you know and and really being like well why are you doing it like what is what like what is this doing for you you know and So that was part of it. I I wanted to be healthier because I I was afraid of what was going to happen if I wasn't healthier. You know, like I I was like, high blood pressure is not a thing I want to mess around with. It's in my family, heart diseases in my family. You know, like I, I, I don't want to make this harder on myself. And, you know, it was difficult. It was playing hockey. We go, we have beers after every game, you know, we go out and like, you know, it was making subtle choices, you know, instead of getting, you know, like fried food I would get grilled chicken and like honey mustard and it, I mean some of the waiters like would be like are you kidding like no no I just want to give me a piece of grilled chicken <laughs> like a grilled chicken breast and a side of honey mustard <laughs> that's what I'm gonna have at 12:30 a.m <laughs> because it's a better damn choice like you know like kind of baby stepping my way through that and going to the gym which I liked doing because of the difference in it that was also when I discovered weight training. Um, because I, again, like I was telling you before, I was playing hockey all the time. I was running all the time and I was like, why don't I feel better? Why isn't this freaking working? And, and so there was, you know, the idea of like, okay, well, weight training, I've not not tried that before and the strength that that you get from it, what your muscles actually do for your body when they are there, (laughs) and healthy, you know, like I, I really did. I felt, I felt great. I remember when I moved to Florida and just like, I just, I felt really good at that time. My, I mean, coincidentally I get to Florida and my blood pressure was totally fine. (laughs) Something about beach sunshine and not Uh working (laughs) in New York city, probably (laughs) part of it. But you know, like there was at least enough evidence in there to know that when it came time, to like re like reevaluate um you know my my health i had something to draw from and that was this most recent um the most recent bout like so that what you see in that post is is the result of the last i would say since probably around thanksgiving um was when i first started to to question myself and my health and whether or not i felt real good um, my shoulder like my body was just inflamed I knew my body was inflamed. Um, you can feel it once you've been in a period of non-inflammation <laughs> you feel when you're like oh no like something's not okay here
1: you so do yeah like so true yeah when you go from feeling good and you're like yeah let's do this to like oh my god I'm 80 yeah oh my god Yes. Right.
0: Like it's a major, major difference. And I'm a single mom with a seven-year-old. Like I got to get up in the morning and do stuff and and do and do things all day long. <laughs> and then a lot of times do stuff at night that I can't do during the day. So it was like this big, long day. Um, and I'll tell you, you guys, like the, what really, what actually happened was that um, my daughter and I were going to walk a dog. And it's a dog that we like to run with. And I went to run and I felt like my ankles were, were like made of concrete. They wouldn't bend. They like, I I just couldn't do it. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like I'm, I've always been athletic and yeah, I haven't played hockey in a while because there's no hockey here or whatever, but I've always been athletic. I've never had to worry about whether or not my body could do something. The last time I decided I was going to run a 5k I trained for three weeks and I ran a 5k like I, I've always been able to just do it <laughs> and running for like a tiny bit with this dog. <laughs> yeah like exactly like I just do it right like <laughs> sorry
1: know and I don't mean that I just it's like uh, you don't know <laughs> the struggle some of us have but yeah and that's but go on <laughs> just- right right like well we always talk
0: about like the um like the the relativity of it right of being like relatively speaking this feels like bottom for me yeah. meanwhile like the relativity of for somebody else it's like okay sure um but yeah i was like this is not good and then i started to be afraid right because what flashed in my mind were people saying fibromyalgia being the empath's disease right and being like okay you're not taking <clears throat> yes. care of yourself thinking about um Uh, with with the stuff that you told me of like manifesting like RA and things like that. And being like, something's wrong here. And if you ignore it, you're going to make it worse. Like you've got, you've got to address this. And I also thought about how I've never been the same since my C-section that my, my intestinal health has never been the same since then. So it was like, you've never even thought about that. You've never even looked at that about how your body maybe processes food way differently than the last time that, you know, like you had any health issues. So I just, it was, it was almost like an energetic shift in my brain where I was like, you need to be present with yourself. You, you, you don't want to feel this way anymore. What happened? How did you get here? What's going on? And um, yeah, I just started to look at things and 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 it was funny because a lot of things just kind of fell away like i used to drink a lot you know like i'd have a glass of wine at the end of every day to unwind or not every day but a lot of days um and it was like i just didn't want to do it anymore it just felt like poison in my body it felt like i was doing my body a disservice and it was a real mental shift for me to be able to 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 think of it as nourishing my body versus punishing myself for what i've done And I think that that's the, that's the, the train of thought that I go on with my clients of being like, we're no longer punishing ourselves for how we got here. We're no longer thinking about all the negative reasons why we need to change. We're no longer thinking of like, oh, well, what do I got to do? You know, like to, to stop gaining weight or to stop feeling bad, you know, like just taking that negative spin off of it and, and going more into the positive, like, how do I want to feel what, what helps me feel that way? What is actually good for my body? And I'm sorry to tell you that that is a terrible path. <laughs> it is a hurtful path. It really sucks because I'm in a place now where I feel very much like most of our food is poison. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and, and it's sad. But like to, to cut, I'm rambling a little bit, but to cut back to today, yeah. To cut back to today, what did I do? What did I do? So I did that mindset shift, started to think about literally everything that I wanted. Why do I want that? What is that going to do to my body? Is that good for you right now? Are you in inflammation already? And now you're going to put something in your body that's going to inflame it more? Sometimes the answer was yes. And then you know what would happen after that? I would feel like absolute trash. <laughs> I would feel horrible. And I would then have the conversation with myself of, well, why did you do it? Why couldn't you say no? What happened? You know, like what was in that split second where you said, I don't care? Why didn't you care about your body right then? You know, and like I had lots of those conversations with myself of where is the addiction to this taste or the addiction to this feeling or the addiction to this pattern of eating at 10 o'clock at night? where is that coming from yeah. what are you trying to soothe in this moment and I mean I found a lot of I don't knows <laughs> I was like okay then I don't have to do it it was like releasing myself from having having to do things because I do it having to have a certain amount of things on my plate in order for, to call it a meal yeah major major shifts
1: and that and I, I want to kind of take it back a few steps for those of yes, you. Please guide me because I'm a hot mess right now. No, no, no. It's you. nothing. If you are on the heavier side of the spectrum, let's, let's bridge that gap. Okay. When we realize that we want to feel better in our bodies, there's a process. I think that is more emotional work than it is actual physical work. Mm-hmm. Because we know our bodies doesn't we don't like certain things i mean i I've known for many years I'm lactose intolerant I've known for many years that I probably have some sort of because the gluten in the flour today is is not flour like it was like if you go to Europe and taste a piece of bread, that flour is pretty pure comparatively to like here where it's not um there is a sense of understanding where it began. See, the emotional component of being overweight is the idea of safety. Okay. So where we have felt unsafe, we have created this mechanism, this safety trauma response of whether it's eating too much, it's eating a certain amount of food, there's an addiction conversation, or there is just this emotional need to create extra weight because we feel that If we're heavier, then it's twofold. Then people ignore us because people don't look at heavy people and we don't, we're not considered we're invisible because of the fact we're overweight until we're put in situations where we're obviously overweight, like Mm -hmm. sitting in a, like a chair at a restaurant or in a salon or something like where it's become, or in the airplane, God forbid, Jesus, Mm -hmm. my journey with that is horrendous, but, um, there is an emotional component to it. So yes we may have all this knowledge. We may understand our bodies are fighting um, this response. It doesn't like it. Maybe you're, you have celiac disease or you're gluten intolerant or whatever. When, as Vanessa is talking about asking the questions of why do you want this in this moment? That's where we take that emotional discovery and we try to kind of exacerbate that part. That's, that's kind of, the first moment of why do I have the thought processes of rejecting my body? Where did they come from? Who gave them to me? Because you don't come onto this earth with this sense of I'm ugly. You come onto this earth. Like I've said many times as a bright, shiny star, knowing you are the shit Mm
0: -hmm. and you
1: are part of God. You, you, Mm -hmm. you, that's a learned behavior to reject Mm -hmm. yourself especially mm-hmm. as a bigger person or even as a smaller person, because there's many people who are anorexic that have, you know, have eating disorders because of the media, because of their families, their upbringing. There's so much of that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that part of the emotional process, as you're beginning to learn your body's needs and wants is so important. Yeah. Really is go back and listen to the first couple, like the first few episodes of the body series, because, we talk a lot about that process and it's about, you know, some people will say, well, you know, body acceptance like breeds obesity and and whatever. And they're just, no, 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 it doesn't. So don't get upset when you kind of finally begin to go, I want to treat my body better. Like I, I'm not, I don't want to reject it and I, I, I want to it to be better because I care about it. That's the ultimate goal is to be in that energy. Mm-hmm. When people, it's like I said, when we talk about not just food, but diet, like our food and our, our like movement exercise, the first reaction you have to that, that visceral reaction tells a lot about what you've been through. Mm-hmm. For so many years, mine was like, yeah, so I can lose weight. It's not about losing weight, mm-hmm. friends it's about having an understanding that your body is talking to you and we kind of shut it up with a brownie yeah, or whatever we're ingesting or whatever is our food of choice. We are, we're kind of almost dampening down it's it's conversation with us. So it's like in some ways in my own personal journey, I kind of made it an outsider. My body was an outsider. It failed me because of the RA uh, like, like now, even if I do work out, I don't retain muscle as, as long as I need to, I need to work out more because of the lack of my, I atrophy really fast because of the meds I'm on. So, so on and so forth. So there's like this challenge I had with my body of just rejecting it. Mm-hmm. And I used food and on both ends of the spectrum and exercise as punishment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or lack of like, not eating the right foods not exercising it's kind of a form of like ignoring like you know it's Mm -hmm. ignoring your child like because of it did something wrong it spilled its milk on the carpet or whatever it's ignoring it and then there's the other end of the spectrum where you're just like the raging parent who is like you're gonna do fucking everything and I do that by you know yelling at myself for not exercising for and, and feeding myself the wrong things like there is this process of mm-hmm. you know learning to find the middle ground. Yeah. And the emotional
0: yeah. part of it is it, it is everything. You know, like I think that, that like the what bothers me the most about this process for other people is that the emotional part is usually never addressed. Exactly. You know, like I have clients who go to these weight loss things and they whatever and like they're punished in front of people for getting on scales and like, you know, you either lost weight or you didn't. And, you know, like everybody's watching if you didn't lose weight, you know, like all these really punitive, like, just ah, like a mad thinking about it right now, because there's zero thought of the emotions of that person in that, in that position. They don't care. They're using shame and guilt as a a, a deciding factor of whether or not somebody is, is disciplined enough to lose weight. And it's just like, oh my God, the entire thing is emotional. Every, like when you say all of those things that you just described, it's all emotion coming out as your body. Weight is a product of your emotion, whether it is a lot of weight or not enough, it's all emotional right? Like there's an emotional reaction that people are having. And that to me is like, you know, the part that we're, we, we have to talk about more. And within that emotional thing, y'all, the addiction part of it is major in our country. We, we are bred to be addicted to food. Uh, 100%. A hundred percent. Food is an experience. Food is a taste. Food is a gorging for like food is, is the central activity of of our nation and y'all it is not other places you know I always I tell this story to all of my clients who when we talk about this of when I worked for a pharmaceutical company they were owned by a Danish group um, or a Danish pharmaceutical company and the first time that I catered an event or not an event it was it was a meeting um, one of the guys that had come over from Denmark came over and said is there another meeting or are there more people coming to the meeting? And I was like, no. And he's like, why is there so much food here? And I was like, cause that's how we care of meetings. You know, like I was like, well, like I just kind of panicked. Like I did exactly what I do every other time. And he was like, that's way too much food. And he like, kind of like showed me, he was like, this is kind of like what we eat for lunch. It was like a tiny sliver of sandwich and like a couple of chips. And I I remember in that moment, looking at him, and being like, this makes a ton of sense because he was slender and healthy and didn't look his age. You know, <laughs> I was kind of like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's, they eat to live. They don't eat as a as an activity. They don't make it a big deal. But we are, it is pushed in our faces all the time. All the advertisements. This is so great. You want to taste this you know, like, and so we become addicted to tasting things and cool. then it makes incredibly difficult. And I tell every single person when we talk about food addiction, because this part I do get, the reason why I used to work out so much was so that I could eat whatever I want. And I would tell everybody that no problem, because it was like, I don't want to give up the food. I'll work out more <laughs> so that I don't have to give up the food. Right. So you don't have to be overweight to have a food addiction. <laughs> that's for sure. That to me, it's the hardest addiction. Everything else you can abstain from and live. You can't abstain from food and live. You have to eat every single day or you will die. So every single day, multiple times a day, you are faced with your addiction. That sucks. That's really hard. That's why we continue to have an issue because we we don't address the addiction part of it. We don't address the emotional part of missing out on the thing I love to taste you know, or I, I can only eat a tiny bit of this, or now I can't have my favorite thing, which, you know, for me was cheese at the time when I couldn't have my favorite thing, you know, like that, that to me is like, um, it's a, it's still a major part. I, we had pizza. We, we didn't have pizza. I did not have pizza. My daughter had pizza on Friday. We have pizza Fridays. We've always had pizza Fridays every Friday. I have to talk with myself about why I I don't need to have the pizza, the gluten and it's cheese. (laughs) I don't like, I have come too far to start destroying my body again. I've worked so hard to feel so good. You'd think that I would not want that. I, I still want it. I still have to tell myself, have that conversation. Do you think that this is worth it? And that's why I understand when people say yes, because it is a battle. Sometimes, oh, just a little bit. I'll just take a bite. No, you won't. No, you're going to eat the whole damn thing. Like, you're not going to take a bite. Being real honest with myself about why I'm doing these things and what what what's behind it, right? I don't want that pizza because it's good for me. I don't. I want that pizza because it tastes good, because I've been trained to believe that taste is super, super important with food, like super. And you should always get the thing that you love so much and that it always should taste like this. I can, I have plenty of food that tastes delicious. That is not pizza, you know, like, and that won't destroy my stomach and make me feel like shit for three days. But it's major, this emotional component, the addiction component, the way that we are bred to think about food. I mean, this is why we have such a struggle with it.
1: Think about it, my struggle, and this is real time, folks, you know, you're growing up as a kid and what if you didn't have the money and you see McDonald's ads and you see McDonald's mm-hmm. and that was, and it's, and it's like, you know, they have, they gear it towards kids and how it's so cool. And your parents don't have it. And you, you rate your life by, if I can eat out, then I'm okay mm-hmm. because my mom was poor and she couldn't, but if I can, then I'm okay. Okay and and the ads on tv breeds this idea of eat at this restaurant you'll have a good time you're part mm-hmm. of the crowd whatever and so eating out became an addiction like the actual idea of eating out it still is a low key addiction for me mm-hmm. um and you know and and working through that and working through that idea and, and as well as you know we there's a there's a hardcore sugar addiction there is sugar is as addictive as I think any drug you could find Mm -hmm. really, really, really is for some Mm -hmm. of us. I mean, I am, I have an addictive kind of chemistry. Like when I was uh, the first time I ever had surgery and they gave me those hardcore drugs, like I was so sick getting off of them. Like Mm -hmm. I, my body really loves the shit that makes (laughs) me happy. And yeah. the response that I'm getting, the serotonin, dopamine, whatever response I get from the hardcore drugs was really yeah. hard for me to cook, kick. Yeah. I went into spiral meltdown, mental meltdown. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm not, when I'm trying to cut back on sugar, my mood goes yeah. into like destabilization and mm-hmm. I realize that, fuck, it's that damn sugar that's got me yeah. all keyed up. Like, so, yeah. so, you know, and, and that's why when we're talking about the emotional component of it, I have been toting this, like, I don't know how long forever. And I, I want to shout it from the rooftops because I feel in so many ways that people aren't listening. They go at it like new year's resolutions and they go at it hammer and tongs. And it's like, why did you not do it in the first place? What's yeah. the resistance? Is mm-hmm. it just like, uh, I just don't feel like doing it. Or is there an actual emotional resistance because of something? Mm -hmm. It's just now on my journey. Like I committed to my body journey two, two and a half years ago. It is just now where I have tried to work through my feelings around my body my whole life, but Mm -hmm. it's just to now that I'm finally getting to the point where I'm open to the idea of what my body needs. I started with supplements and the idea of, okay, what is my body not getting? Because I know that hormones play a big deal in our Mm -hmm. weight and how our weight's processed. Um, Insulin is a hormone. So if you're insulin resistant and a diabetic, your body can't process, you know, food the way that it processed it eons ago because there's an insulin resistance. Vitamin D, if you're deficient, that's a hormone. So your body doesn't cope with Everything. If there's something amiss in your body chemistry, there's a big issue there. So it's just now that that's where I'm at in my discovery of like you know my hormones. I have I am polycystic. I have polycystic ovaries. So there's a big issue there. Going later in life, your progesterone starts to die off because that's what makes you fertile. Like you know, so so I'm getting less progesterone, which is kind of what helps you keep like turning over fat cells. Um, So I have become into discovery because I don't necessarily love how I look, but I love the fact that this body has gotten me through this far in life Mm -hmm. and that I'm willing to help it be prolonged and I'm willing to help it feel better in certain avenues not all the avenues yet still working mm-hmm. on that it's a process but like i just i i just i've started to consider like okay what is what movement do i can i do that's i can be consistent at what can i do mm-hmm. that is not a big deal for me and mm-hmm. it's and i'm at that point because i did i under i dug into the emotional component of this mm-hmm. and i realized like when I'm PMSing, what is it the one thing that I can get to shut up that that internal like computer of like you suck? Um is 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 chocolate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I give it a piece of chocolate and it shuts up and I'm like, oh thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's different things that I do that I'm realizing that I'm understanding that is not conducing to my well-being. So it's 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 a bigger picture, I think, diet and exercise. And and believe me when I say we're not sitting here telling you stop eating this and stop eating that stop eating the things that you love it's not that idea of if it's going to kill you I ask you to stop eating it but, <laughs> yeah but it's a it's a it's learning what foods fit and if you can take a sensitivity test ever well or every well or whatever really they have them. they I took a sensitivity test turns out I'm highly I'm highly sensitive to chicken. What the hell? Yeah. Um that's half my that's half my meat like it's chicken like so yeah. it's like shit so but I'm not so much on turkey or beef I'm okay with those so it's like I have to switch up like what it is I'm eating and the idea of how I feed myself it's it's yeah it showed me that an uncooked I'm reactive to an uncooked egg white it doesn't say when it's cooked, but an uncooked egg white is my highest sensitivity, and an uncooked yolk is secondary. So it's like I can't eat raw eggs. But <laughs>
0: yeah, bummer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but this is
0: really know. cramping your
1: <laughs> like. Okay, I'll cook it. I'm fine. Sure, like, right. <laughs> yeah. but you know, so there's sensitivity there, but it's it's going into having that discovery and then going a step further. For some people, it's thinking a nutritionist, Mm. but I caution that because if you go to a nutritionist at a hospital or a doctor's office, they're going to feed you the food pyramid. Yeah. And that's not adequate for everybody. It's not easily, you know, you want to talk to someone who has experience talking to like insensitive food sensitivities, you know, allergens, like, how do I do this? I I'm considering going to see a naturopath like that is, is, has a specialty in nutrition to get the idea of, okay, these are my sensitivities. What, what can I replace them with? And what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, food is so, like Vanessa said, we are so taught that food is life. Food is everything. Mm -hmm. Food is popularity. Mm -hmm. Food is specialty. Food is like, I mean, when you have naked women, like eating a cheeseburger, grinding on cars and you know, that's. Like making it sexy, I guess. But
0: like, <laughs> just that image, I was like,
1: did not help do that for Burger King? They do it. Yeah. Like, I was like, would you actually say out loud what it is? <laughs> you're like, what the hell?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I bet you but like you're like- watching <laughs> it visually because they have teams of people that are getting into your psyche and creating commercials in order to evoke emotion because they know that emotion is connected to food. Like, And this is where, like, this is where it makes me laugh so much at who I've become. Because it's like, I used to laugh at conspiracy theorists. I would be like, y'all are crazy. (laughs) Like, people who were, like, super, like, crunchy granola. Like, I eat from the earth. And I'm like, oh, my God, they were right the whole time. Like, (laughs) you know, like, now I'm like, everything is poison. You're right. Like, everything (laughs) is freaking poison. Oh my God. And like, for me, that was one of the most major things that has been the most major part of my emotional component was actually educating myself on the food, not educating myself on what food is good for people, but what's food, (laughs) right? Like, where did this come from? What process did it go to? from when it came out of the ground to when it went into my mouth and it's a horrible discovery really it was it's it it was terrible for me like walking through the grocery store and being like holy shit all of this is poison all of this was created um out of greed and money and 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 not about nurturing like these people who make this product don't care about you And it was this whole mental thing that I had to go through and, and, and I wrapped it up, you know, to be a little bit less like emotionally damaged about it, but it's still there it a hundred percent is still there. When I look at certain things and it's just like, there's zero nutrition by the time it has come from the ground to where it is now, that's zero nutrition and, and, and zero nutrition is bad for your body your body's going to react terribly to that because it wants nutrition. It wants the nutrients that exist from the the source. And yeah. you're not giving it to them right now, you know? And it was like, I mean, it's still, I mean, it still makes me crazy, but I don't, it, I, I cook a lot. I love to cook because I do love food, you know, like I love it. I've been trained to love it. And so I do, and I love how it tastes, but I cook a lot and I try really hard to get, ingredients and to create from ingredients the most that I can. I mean, I still buy packaged stuff. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like that doesn't make any sense to lie. But it's few and far between and I really pick and choose because of of what I've learned about how far we've come from what is actually healthy coming from the ground and what is actually being put in our mouths and why we're so sick all the time because it's not nurturing our bodies in in, in any way. So many of these things that are created were created again, out of greed and like the desire to make money. Hey, how can I get somebody addicted to this sugar product so that they'll keep buying it and I'll make money.
1: It's funny. Hershey's
0: didn't make chocolate to make you healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny because (laughs) when you, I, I did a, I did a three day juice fast where, you know, and cause fat sick and nearly dead. You remember that? Yeah. um, Eons ago when I watched that, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, yeah. cause he had autoimmune issues too. Yeah. And at the time I was post op for surgery and I was like, fuck this bullshit, yeah. you know, five surgeries later. And I'm still like, yeah, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> um. So I did that and I, at the time, my body really responded really well to doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, and, and you just slowly started to introduce food back into your diet after you do it gently and slowly. Mm -hmm. And I, I kid you not, I used to crave salad, spinach, (sighs) especially. Mm -hmm. And I ate like a candy bar and I was like, this is disgusting. I'm like, this tastes like chemicals. I'm like, yeah. I don't like this. Of course. Yeah. Then it all went to hell, but whatever. Oh, well, cause emotionally, right? right. Like once the emotions take yeah. over, we're like, ah! <laughs> my dad was dying and, and yeah. so on and so forth. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what, what, what is it? Am I trying to like, encourage you guys to do? What, what do, from my perspective, just explore what's in your subconscious? What's, what's in your consciousness? What is in your heart? What feelings do you feel when you think about eating well? Do you think about lack? Do you think about restriction? Do you think about, oh my God, I got to go on another diet. I don't ever diet, please. I have done all of them. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done LA Weight. I've done just about every weight loss Mm -hmm. diet there is. They don't work. There's a reason. Mm -hmm. Understand this. And we're going to go back to what we said in the beginning. Not everything doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Keto low key is dangerous, but that's my opinion. Coming from a person who doesn't want to be in ketoacidosis because it's dangerous for your body but keto only works for some people intermittent fasting works for some not for others it all depends on what your body is needing and wanting if you want to know about okay where are my hormone levels maybe you start there go to your pcp and say hey could we test my hormone levels so i know if i'm i My vitamin D, you know, you could say you're vitamin D deficient. I was vitamin D inefficient, meaning I wasn't producing any. So Mm -hmm. I was lack that hormone. Mm -hmm. So I stopped having cycles because of, well, PCOS. I don't really have normal cycles, but I do have some. And I stopped having cycles and I was like, well, okay. As soon as I started taking vitamin D, they immediately came back to what they were before.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know why you had to take vitamin D? Because our food sucks and doesn't yeah. provide you with vitamin D. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <Just> so, <laughs> and I live in the like the cloudiest part of the earth. So it's like that too. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you know what I mean? Like some of yeah. these problems that we didn't have before when we had healthier food, it really makes sense when you put those things together of being like, how did, how did we get to a space where this is such a big deal? This yeah. shouldn't be a big deal, right? Like, but it is. Yeah. So bodies,
1: you know, if you're curious, you know, the food sensitivity test, sometimes they have great deals. Um, If you know someone who's took them, sometimes you can get a percentage off, Mm -hmm. take a couple, like try it. Also try, I would start there and try, ask your PCP if they'll do a hormonal, like, you know, to see if how, especially if you're over 40, like, where are my hormone levels at? Is this contributing to my inability to like cope with food or my weight gain. Like if you've had an unexpected weight gain, also query with yourself, where are you not mm-hmm. feeling safe? Where are you feeling like you're stressed out or that you don't feel at home in your body? You know, seek, seek help, seek a therapist, seek a, you know, an energy practitioner, seek whatever you feel will help. But I encourage you to start somewhere. Start with the intent and the desire to understand and hear what your body has to say. Yeah,
0: Your body has all the answers. You know, like whenever I sit down with somebody, I'm always like, you have the answers inside of you. Uh, my job is to pull, is to help pull them out. Right. So I don't have the answers. I can't be you. I can't feel like you. I can't think like you. I can't have any of your experiences. You have all the answers. You just can't access them right now. We yeah. need to access them. Your body going to tell you everything. It is telling you everything. We're ignoring more often than anything. It'll tell you when you're hungry. It'll tell you before you're full, if you're paying attention, yeah. it will tell you when you need to move. It will tell you when you need to stop moving. It will tell you when it's not okay. It will tell you when you're stressed and you need to do something about, it. I mean, your body will tell you everything. We just ignore it.
1: Those of you with chronic illnesses, I hear you. I hear the reason why you're like, I or you hate to cook, or you have difficulty cooking, I get it. I'm with her with you. I'm I'm not the most seasoned chef. I can bake you anything, but I can't cook you anything. Um so do the things that you can. Because try not to fall into the trap of, I can't do it because my body X. Mm -hmm. Because you're blaming your body and you're not taking responsibility for why your body's there. When I had to, now there's a grieving process with being diagnosed with an autoimmune or chronic illness. There's a grieving process that happens. And there is a point of like feeling betrayed and rejected your body. But there's a point in time where you realize that, oh, I did this to me. Okay. I did, I did the RA, I did the diabetes to myself. Like I know that I did like you know, the the least hereditary. I mean, it's, they say it's hereditary, but no one in my family has like shit like that. Like, no, no, it's a lot of things. It's emotional. It's mental. It's all those things as well as my body just being like, dude, I can't cope with what you're doing to me. Yeah. And so we have to turn and back and go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not listening. I'm sorry for not taking care of you. And that I was punishing you. I mean, when I got RA, I was in a phase of trying to lose weight because punishment, because I was overweight. And, mm. and, and I, you know, I was in emotional punishment mode. So I was working like 75, 80 hours a week. And cause I wasn't working hard enough and I was lazy and I deserved to be punished because I just left my stepchildren of six years and, and I abandoned them and I deserved to be punished. And, and, and all of that mm-hmm. is why I needed to have RA because I was I would have punished myself to damn near death if I had, if the universe hadn't stepped in. Yes. So it's just, it's about understanding the emotional component of our relationships with our bodies and, and act and look at it from a perspective of you have a relationship with your friends, your spouse, your significant others, your family, think of your relationship with your body in the same idea. Am I a toxic? Am I narcissistic to my body? Am I a toxic person to be with around my body? Is my body receiving the love and attention that I would give to somebody I care about? I know it seems really like Gemini of me to say those things, but like, that's how I had to do it. I had to look at it as a separate entity outside of myself and to say, what are my judgments around my body? What do I feel about my body? What am I trying to achieve with my body? And am I a good partner to my body or am I abusive? Mm-hmm. They were all, and I, I knew I was abusive. So you kind of just start there and know that the chronic illness a lot of times is a manifestation of us not listening or not willing or not wanting to deal with our emotional self. I mean,
0: I feel like, I don't feel like I know this to be the truth that when I said, no, I don't want to give up those things. That's why my body continued to be sick because I was refusing to do what needed to be done. I, and I had to take responsibility for saying, well, you can't expect to be healthy then. I mean, your body is literally telling you no, and you're saying yes, because of your emotions wanting something that your body is clearly telling you that you don't that is the problem the problem is that you won't listen to your body which is designed to to do exactly what it's supposed to do you're interfering with your body's functioning <laughs> like you're doing it and if you and and it wants to heal that's why it's fighting you back yeah. your body is fighting you because it is made to heal itself and you're interfering with the healing process stop interfering with the healing process and start being part of it mm-hmm. and Things are undoable. Our bodies are freaking amazing. Our bodies and brains are so magnificent and fascinating. (laughs) When you start, I mean, I will, I watch these documentaries and I'm just like, we still don't know shit, but what we know is so cool. You know, like it's unbelievable the capacity that our bodies have to heal themselves when we don't get in the way, you know? And that's like part of what my process has been of being like, stop getting in your way, right? Like I'm a little sticky note. I don't know where it is get out of your own way. It's it it works in this arena too. Are you getting in your way right now of feeling good? Absolutely. I am. What's, what's the trade-off? Why are you doing it? Why is this so important to you right now? What's the emotion behind it? Are you feeling deprived? Are you feeling like, you know, you, that full feeling is the only fullness that you're going to feel today. Like, (laughs) like, shoot, like, does it make you feel grounded to be full? Then ground yourself a different way because you're not you're fighting your body you're fighting your body's response to try to be healthy it's made to be healthy you're interfering with it and like in a loving way right like I don't beat the shit out of myself because that's not helpful that I don't the negative energy does not make it and I creates the that. same
1: situation you've been in <laughs> exactly
0: like it's more like a, a, a real connection to what I'm doing, a real connection to it. And y'all, it's not it's not something that gets built in a day. I've told you the story and bits and pieces of how long this has taken me to get to this point. And I'm sure there'll be more points that I get at that are even healthier, you know, but sharing the experience and sharing the knowledge that I've gained from my own journey and that I've watched from other people that have are, are you know, working toward that is what I hope, for you to understand that it's not one size fits all that it's you, you are the magic component and that getting to know you and yourself is the key to being healthy, feeling healthy, you know, getting into that space where you like walk around in your body and you don't think about it because you just feel good. You don't have to think about feeling bad because you just feel good. You know, it's, 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 it's cool. Like it really, really is cool. And yeah, I know people are probably like, yeah, you're, you're going to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. You don't have to have to go to the gym. There's other ways to do it. I just am. I like, I like to be at the gym. I found things that I like to do at the gym. So did it speed up my process? A hundred percent. It did. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you and say that it didn't speed up my process, but I, I, i get here regardless because it's, it's your own journey whatever you're comfortable with is what you're going to do. And you need to do it on a pace that you're comfortable with. You know, I have clients that it's like one day a week, you have to eat a healthy meal. One, we, that's where we start. (laughs) Because that's where they can access it. And I need there to be success. You have to create success in order to compound and more and want more success.
1: (laughs) That's I've always started. Even when I'm at my point where I'm like, you know, eating out a lot, I always ask myself that I cook or make one meal in my home. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, there's moments mornings where I'm running late and I'm stressed out and I'm like, I just need to order food and just, I don't need, I can't cook. And, Mm -hmm. but usually breakfast is that one meal that I don't necessarily have to cook it, but it's something that I make from stuff at home. Um, And, you know, so There's little changes you can make. There's little shifts. You don't have, you can't turn the Titanic around in one fell swoop. It takes time. It takes understanding and it takes a lot of compassion and care and desire. If you want to be different and feel different, that's going to sustain you rather than being like, I hate my fucking body and I need to look like a power model and I need to exercise and that's not sustainable. That's a punishment. Mm -hmm. Your body is going to react to that punishment in a very negative way because you've created an unsafe environment for it to do its optimal work. Mm -hmm. And it knows it. Yes. Please, (laughs) please, please. please, Whatever you do, whatever choices you make, come at it from a space of just trying to understand and make nice. If you need that term or have a little bit of understanding and compassion towards what your body needs and wants. Absolutely. There's no one size fits all. We're not going to sit here and sell you a, a diet type or an exercise, whatever. We're just going to say, look, go seek it. Be curious, go discover. Mm -hmm. I know me. I'm, I'm more geared to do something when I have somebody there sitting there telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. That's how I work. Mm -hmm. Is how I work. I I, I don't do well, self motivated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. I I enjoy having someone there. So and you know, knowing that of- about you makes it easier, so that you can say, "This is how I'm going to
0: do it," and then just let it go. Like, be like, "It is what it is." I am the person who does it this way, and so that so it be.
1: One hundred percent. So find your rhythm. Find your why. Find your reason. But do it from a space of compassion. I'm not even asking you to love yourself. I'm not even asking you to think you're the baddest bitch in the world. I'm asking you to do it from a space of, I want a better relationship with my body.
0: More.
1: Because I deserve it. And it deserves it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's all I'm asking. Yeah. And that's enough. It's enough. Yeah. hmm And just remembering
0: that the emotional part, I mean, again, like we cannot stress to you enough that this is not about your body. It is about your emotions and how it is connected to your body. And that like, if you do not address that, this will continue to be a struggle.
1: Yep. And try to stay out of victimization mode. Can't be a victim if you've done it to yourself. Right. That's some hard words, but it's true. It's the (laughs) one thing that I think, saved me from being one is is when somebody asked me you have two choices you could be the victor or the victim Mm -hmm. make that choice wisely and doesn't mean I don't have temper tantrums doesn't mean I don't sometimes get pissed off that my fingers don't work the way that they're supposed to but at the end I'm like I'm so glad I still have fingers I'm so glad that my fingers do work in some ways and that you know Mm -hmm. that I can generally still do the things I like to do and but I, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I There's think something that's...
0: empowering about being able to say I did it to myself because it's like, it yeah. wasn't outside forces, right? Like the, the, sometimes that accountability, if you can flip it that way to be like, well, if I, if I did it, then I can undo it. I don't have to be at the mercy of it now because right. it is undoable. It is changeable because I created it. So it wasn't there before I created it. I can also delete it.
1: Yes. Yeah, because yes, I could sit here and talk about my mother and her her abuse and her whatever. And I could talk about my father and his constant saying how lazy and how he always wanted me to be thin and skinny and how that warped me. But I now I have the choice to heal that. I have the option to do that. And I also have the option to undo some of the things I've done in response to that, but I did it. No one forced me to, but it's not their fault. They just, it it was circumstantial and now I'm an adult and I get to choose how I deal with it. So.
0: Right. it's not their fault. And when it, when it is our fault, we go at it with, like you said, with the compassion of being like, well, it is a result of this. And so I'm not going to be angry about it, but I'm going to see that I did it. you know and that's a hard space I get it because it does kind of go into the like oh look what you did to yourself you know but like try to back the train up and be like okay look what I did how do you know spend a little bit of time there to be like I did it and then go into well then I can undo it and so what's the what's the solution get back into solution oriented how how do I want to feel how do I want to turn this around it's, it's not easy, guys. I mean, well, there's no way for us. To, I mean, we've got the body series with however many episodes and there's going to be even more of those. We've got we have like, you know, the hour and some change here. There's no possible way to cover every single topic um, that for everybody to get what they need from it. But just really reach out to somebody, whether it's us, one of us or somebody that you trust that actually understands the emotional component of this so that you can get the support that you need to make this, make whatever change you want to make, whatever it is, something that's long lasting and feels good and doesn't feel bad and punishment-like and, you know, awful. It doesn't need to be awful.
1: Yeah. True story. You can do all of this with kindness. The more kindness you do anything with, the farther and the faster you're going to get with it. Absolutely. And it's going to be so much more permanent and doing it from a space of rejection, yeah, because that's it just what comes from you are. I've done that all my life from a space of rejection. Looks where it got me, not very far, <laughs> and that's okay because it's a it's something that I've learned that I can share with all of you, and it's it's part of the process for me, and maybe it is for some of you, but there's a way to do it, and we will do it, and we will be healthy, and yes. we will have yes. a better relationship with our bodies. In whatever way that is, we will if we're committed to it, we'll do it. Just takes time and a little bit of love. So, we hope that we have not completely blown you out of the water today with <laughs> all this information and all of this, because I feel like we've we've kind of on we've we've taken our dump truck of information and we've kind of just backed <laughs> it up and tipped the thing, and now it's here. It's like here. I know. We will continue to talk about this. Yeah. Um We. <laughs> I am in a space of my journey where I feel like the more I progress, the more I want to talk about it. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm considering it having it be a a big part of my own online presence is talking about this stuff, talking about our bodies, talking about our place where how our emotions affect what we do and how the emotional component is so important and how to There was one, there's one person I just started following that says, welcome to the side of Instagram where we're not exercising and dieting because we want to lose weight. It's because we want to feel better. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am here for that because, Mm -hmm. you know, if whatever exercise I choose to do, whether it's walking, dancing, you know, working out, whatever it is I choose to do, like that's going to be, it's going to be what it is. And it's going to be part of that. I don't need my body to change if my body never changes, but I need it. I want it to feel strong and I want to feel capable of doing the things I love to do. So, watch out for that. If you want to work with either of us, please stay on the podcast in the outro. Our information, our contact, our websites are all listed there. And again, you can always find us on Freud's Angels on Facebook or Freud's Angels.com or for its angels at gmail.com. There's another place to contact us. You know where to find us. We love you all. We love you all for your loyalty, for your consistency, for allowing us to spare this, to spend hours with you each week to share what we've learned and the knowledge that we've gained so that we can help you have a better version of you in every day. So we love you and we will see you soon. Hey, love you all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. More deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's
0: podcast. I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net.
1: And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.